0: Hey everybody, it is Trags Mike Petralia back with episode three, season number two of the Jungle Roar podcast. Thanks for tuning in thanks for subscribing and listening all of you loyal listeners and viewers out there it is my pleasure to welcome back unfortunately via zoom this time but uh great to have him back on the show the one and only james rapine of all does a great job following the cincinnati bengals and all things nfl related to the stripes uh for si.com and of course he is on the only daily uh, podcast covering the Bengals that would be of course the Locked On podcast. How are you doing James?
1: I'm doing well. I thought you were going to unfortunately welcome me onto the podcast or back to the podcast. I was about to laugh at you. <laughs> and so then, uh, you know why you, a... you were too polite. You were too it, polite there.
0: No, I I um I appreciate you joining us. I just have gotten used to seeing you in person and doing those stand-ups yep. uh which do very well by the way. I've noticed the numbers and people like to see us together on location. At a spot,
1: have you noticed that? I think it's. You know why? why? I, I think it's because you can only, or we both look good, but we're in separate areas. So when we get together, it's just too much for one area, and so you can only do it so often. But yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited that people watch those standups. That's. Uh, I am. It's a good thing. I, I see. Think I that complimented is, you just now. I said you look good. I'm starting off on a good good foot here. I appreciate that, James. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs>
0: speaking of uh, good feet, Bengals have uh, acquired themselves three sets of good feet along the offensive line. You see what I did there? Um, capped off by the three-year deal, two years, uh, Really, when it comes down to it for L. L. Collins of the Dallas Cowboys, the Bengals sign him. Uh, it is a, a deal estimated, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, uh, worth around 20 to 22 million dollars. There's a third year to prorated to help the Bengals with their cap that would uh, crank it up to about 30 million dollars or just over 30 million dollars. Uh, that is money well spent in my mind, especially after what they did in adding Ted Karras and Alex Kappa.
1: I love it. I love what they did to, to address the offensive line. They have four entrenched starters, all guys that should be entering their prime or in the heart of their mm-hmm. prime, and uh, they had to go out and they had to spend and they spent on guard from the jump and i I wasn't anticipating Alex Kappa being that guy at 1201 last Monday and and he was, and uh, they were able to get Karras, a guy you covered in New England. And, uh, two guys that can pass block their tails off when they need to in a drop back situation. And then when you add Lyle Collins, who, um, man, I need to get used to it. Lyle Collins. I I, I've been saying it wrong. If you're going to pronounce
0: his entire name, we, he gave us a tutorial on Wednesday during a zoom call. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, was, oh no, it was Dan Horde who asked him up front straight out. How do you pronounce your first name? la l but then Mm -hmm. he went on to say i'm cool with just being called l -L lc or i've heard a few other nicknames bodyguard and he's aware of (laughs) you know obviously that uh he was memed to death after he said i'm joe burrow's new bodyguard nobody's going to touch you but anyway it's la l collins
1: according to la l la l -L 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 collins so yeah i'm gonna have to get Get that down here as, as we move forward. Um, th- that being said, he was the main course, and he came a week in. He's the best of the group. He's the best lineman that they have in that building now. Instantly comes in and is their best right tackle, and with all due respect to Andre Smith, since Willie Anderson. And so it's uh, it's a huge upgrade. And it's exciting because they have all of these pieces that seem like once-in-a-generation-like pieces, and so the fact that they were able to add the offensive line help that they needed, it's, uh, it's huge going into the draft where maybe they'll bolster the trenches a bit more.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting on Wednesday that Zach Taylor was asked about what his realistic expectations were. I think Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer asked this. Um, and when you take a look at the talent that's been added, and Zach Taylor acknowledged that I, th- I think going in we expected two. And we would have been happy with the two that we got in, in obviously Karis and Kappa. Um, But then they weren't necessarily guaranteed that Dallas was going to release them. And the Mm -hmm. fact that the Bengals were able to wait long enough, play the game perfectly patiently Mm -hmm. and wait on the Cowboys to release him, then go out and sign him to really, I still think a team friendly deal you know, three years and even $30 million, that's not a terrible deal. You look at the way the Bengals played it. It was perfect. And I saw this on Twitter and somebody tweeted it out. And I think it's a great point. Even if the numbers aren't exactly this, they were able to sign Kappa, Karras and Collins for the same value of Taron Armstead. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, that's, that's Great job by Duke Tobin and, and and Katie Blackburn and Troy Blackburn. They all aced the exam, as far as I'm concerned, to this point.
1: For sure. And look, they weren't just one piece away from fixing the line, and they knew that. And uh, really, what they had to do is, in free agency, is find a way to make up ground for bad draft pick after bad draft pick after bad draft pick on the offensive line, because that's what happens when you you have guys like that, that you're, you know, you're starting a sixth rounder in uh, Akema chemo at right guard. You're starting Isaiah Prince and I get it. It's because Riley reef was injured, but that's still. Somebody has an opinion
0: on L Collins and, and the rest of the offensive line. How's he doing by the way?
1: Sorry about that. Yeah, well, Anyways, that's quite all right. That, continue, James. He, I mean, I mean, he's good. He's my bodyguard. See, if anyone gets within 100 feet of my house, he's got to bark like that and try to sound really ferocious. So don't get near Rapine Mansion. But yeah, I mean, that's what they were basically having to do. This team was ahead of schedule, essentially. And now they realized, oh, man, we have a win now quarterback, win now weapons. We need a win now offensive line. We even have a win now coach. They feel that way right now, which we couldn't have said a year ago. Um, and, and so they had to go out and they had to spend money to, uh, to address the problem, but they had to smartly spend money. And I think to your point, that's what they were able to do by adding three quality in their prime offensive linemen that uh, are versatile, uh, specifically in karis's case. And I, I really like him because of that versatility.
0: I love Ted Karras, and you know, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, I did cover him in New England. And the thing about Karras is, he's a very quiet leader, and he love he's a very prepared offensive lineman, and he falls back on his technique quite a bit. And that's no surprise, given the fact uh, that he was uh, tutored by the great Dante Scarnecchia, somebody who is incredibly. Uh, well-regarded around the National Football League. Uh, Obviously, even Frank Pollock uh, recognized that last Friday when he spoke about um, Karras and Kappa coming on board. He said that, I'm going to pick Ted Karras's brain and find out how Dante taught the offensive line there because how can you not take advantage of that opportunity, right? Yeah,
1: no no doubt about it. And that's the thing is Pollock was such a key to everything. And... Look, the offensive line was awful last season, but he didn't have talent. You can only coach up these guys so much. And so when you have a guy like that, obviously it helped with the Lyle Lyle Collins. Collins. I know Lyle. 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 I I just did a video, eight minutes on Lyle Collins, and I got it right every time. I come on this pod, and you're rubbing off on me, Trags, with your mispronunciations, even though you actually got it right and I didn't. Um, that being Which said, it's a one once in a million uh, <laughs> occurrence, but continue. He's a big factor, right? He was a big factor in adding Collins, but I think it matters with guys like Kappa and, and guys like Harris, because y- you don't want to go to a place and that's it. You stop learning and you're not being coached hard and you're not uh, growing and you're not moving in the right direction as a player, because. Heck, in Kappa's case, he's only going to be 30-31 and hit free agency again. Kara's three-year deal, he's going to still probably sign another contract at some point. So you always want to keep improving. So uh, having a good offensive line coach with the reputation that Pollock has across the league, that matters when, guess what, you're going after offensive linemen and you're trying to get guys to buy into what you're doing.
0: The other thing uh, I want to bring up is Joe Burrow's uh, role in all of this. And as uh, we were losing our collective minds on whether or not uh, the Collins deal was going to get done heading into last weekend, and I see you smiling and laughing and you know exactly why we all were. (laughs) <laughs> um we were all wondering if it, this was going to fall through at the last second and just be a big time disappointment joe burrow played a huge role in this and uh lael collins lc acknowledged as much in his zoom call with us on Wednesday, that uh, Joe Burrow was the final stamp of approval. He was really what it convinced him, convinced him that uh, this was a done deal. The way um, Burrow was involved, the leadership he showed in having guys over to his house, and the fact that there is a win now mentality uh, throughout the organization.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's. Uh, it changes everything.
0: It, it, it changes
1: everything when when you have a guy like that that's willing to do open up his home to guys that he doesn't know. I mean, let's be honest here. you, you know he knew Colin some from the LSU ties they had met before right. because of the national championship and stuff like that. but he doesn't know these guys that well and it's like, yeah, hey, we just had dinner. let's let's go over to my house and let's hang out. And it's huge. It, it's, uh, it, it can be it can make all the difference in the world, especially for a franchise like the Bengals, yep that is in the Midwest. And isn't a top five market where, or isn't going to be beachy every single day. The Saturday where Lyle uh, Collins was going back and forth and he was bouncing around the mall, it was rainy, it was dreary, it wasn't the best weather. And so, uh, you know, that's uh, that becomes a little bit of a harder say. Hey, leave Dallas and, and not that it's awesome there all the time, but leave that area, that part of the, the uh, country. and and come to this Midwestern town. And uh, and and it's not just Collins. I'm just saying in general, when you're trying to land guys like this. And so the fact that you have a quarterback that talented, that's also willing to lead on and then off the field, away from the facility in in recruiting, I think it's huge. And I think the Bengals have done a good job of taking advantage of that uh, over the past couple of years to land some of these guys that they have.
0: Felt like I was at my little brother's house. It was just authentic it was real. It was pure. That really stamped it, put it over the top. Those words from Collins on Wednesday on his visit to Joe Burrow's house. uh, Good question,
1: James. Can't believe you asked it.
0: That was a great question, James. (laughs) And I was going to give you credit. I was going to get around to that, but okay. Um, You just put it out there. You stole my own thunder on my own podcast. Way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, no, I, James, you asked the question It got right to the heart of the matter and uh, on, on Joe Burrow being a leader there. And, you know, I think Collins gives you some insight as to, you know, what he feels about Cincinnati now, what he feels about Joe Burrow. He also, I thought, gave some, uh, very well thought out, um, uh, reflections if you will on his time in dallas he had nothing but love for the dallas cowboys on uh wednesday Mm -hmm. when he spoke about his former employer he didn't you know shoot any didn't burn any bridges heading out of dallas that organization there's no animosity it's all love collins said he appreciated the the opportunity that dallas gave him in his first seven seasons and if you thought that You know, Dallas fans were going to be able to, you know, fire some ammunition his way and hurt his feelings. That just wasn't the case on Wednesday. No,
1: no. It's uh, extremely mature, is is what I would say, is how he seems to have handled all of this. And I I know there were some character questions and there's things like that. It seems like he's ready for that next phase of his career. Didn't take a shot at the Cowboys, didn't say, you know that he said, "Look, you have to respond to adversity," and he's dealt with some adversity. The suspension last year, missed all of twenty twenty. So <clears throat> I thought he uh, he handled the the questions, including the Cowboys one, because he could have said, "Man, yes. they shouldn't have cut me." You know what they should have done? Not signed Zeke Elliott to a ridiculous contract because that's why they cut him. Let's be honest here; they they wanted to save some cap space, in some cap room this year, and and so they had to go that route. They're not better without. Leo Collins, they're not, even though they like the young kid in Dallas, they're not better with him, uh, without him. So, um, yeah, it's, it uh, was a certain, it, it was
0: good that he took the high road. It was certainly a different tack than somebody were going to, well, let's just get to Hayden Hurst now. Hayden yeah. Hurst didn't exactly have that same approach first uh, with regard to the Ravens at Falcon steady. <laughs> he did not.
1: I was just he, given an opportunity. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was, I mean, a, that a complete was eye-opening. 180. It was he crushed
0: opening, James.
1: He so he's the 25th pick in the 2018 draft. Spent yep. two years in Baltimore, then two years in Atlanta. And I admit it, you look on the surface, Mark Andrews emerges and you're catching passes from Lamar Jackson and what is really a run heavy offense. Your first mm-hmm. couple of years, you get traded to Atlanta, you have a career year, and then they draft Kyle Pitts. And this dude's just like, here's what I would say about. This about it tracks because i do like hearst and i think he fits a lot of what they'll do and you know i'm not going to say anything new necessarily there and we can get into that i also don't like in my life and i'm not saying he's this but what he did in that opening news conference could mean this i do not want people around me that are woe is me oh man it's just never goes my way i don't want it. and so i hope that's not it and i'm not saying it is no, I agree. But my God, I
0: agree with you.
1: Great people and great players emerge regardless of the situation, at least to agree a degree they pop regardless. And if you're a first round pick, you got to pop regardless. So I think this is Hayden Hurst. It's his last chance to really show that he can be this tight end one twenty-fifth overall pick type of guy that he was drafted to be.
0: Yeah. I, and I couldn't agree more going back to LC, um, I hearken back to the days in New England where you would take a, a, a player who had questionable character issues, questionable, not over the edge, like, you know, you rule them out, right? Like Ray Rice, for instance, that's an extreme example, but even the Patriots know we're not touching Ray Rice, but there were other players who had suspension issues, had uh, obviously stubbed their toes with regard to personal conduct, uh, in the past, but the Patriots got them in the environment where there were clearly defined leaders that would say to the player, we're going to give you an opportunity here. I don't know if Burrow would say this necessarily, you better not screw it up, but essentially the message is you better not screw it up because we're here to win. And we want to bring you into our family Don't make us regret that. And I think the Bengals are moving towards that. And to me, James, that is a seismic shift in the character and the culture, uh, around the Bengals and Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin have a lot of credit, should take a lot of credit for that.
1: They, they certainly deserve a lot of credit for that because Zach Taylor, let's start with him. When we go to the Hayden Hurst part of this, a guy who clearly doesn't trust coaches, doesn't trust front offices and. A lot of that is probably true, and, and he's probably just in what he's thinking. Talked about Zach Taylor praising how genuine he is, how honest he was, how upfront he was about uh, the role that they envisioned for him. And, uh, and I think that led to part of why Hayden Hurst was so forthcoming and honest about everything else because he's like, man, I'm finally in this place. I can be honest about this BS that I've dealt with. And that's the thing. It might be that. And I, I really I, I think Zach is, is genuine. He's easy to root for. And I'm not saying he's perfect because I a year ago before this run, I was like, eh, I probably would have moved on. 625 and one's hard to overcome. Piercy's overcame that. And uh, on the overall cu- culture aspect of it, all of that only gets better and will get better if they continue to win, right? Because if they continue to win, you're right. It's like, all right, I got to go there and I got to show what I can do. And yep. guess what? A lot of free agents have come through the Paul Brown stadium doors over the past couple of years and done what had success Tr- from Trey flowers, a guy that they claim mid season, right. To, to guys like Vaughn Bell, to guys like DJ reader and, and, Trey Hendricks and all, Mike all, all these different guys, Mike Hilton, even a Mike Thomas has been here now assigned for a third year, the wide receiver. So uh, you know, there are, there's a blueprint now. And in, in if I'm a veteran, Obviously, they're a contender, but you look and you're like, man, that's a good landing spot. Like if I'm Hayden Hurst, of course, I want to go catch passes from Joe Burrow. And especially if I'm going to get an opportunity to start, that makes all the sense in the world. And, And so I think that's where the Burrow effect can come in. And this culture effect is now when we're talking about these veteran guys that aren't going to command big money and they want to join a contender. Maybe it's the Bengals this year. Maybe it's next year if they have another big 2022 season. Um, because it's been the off season of the AFC
0: quarterback and a lot of teams (laughs) can't even believe I'm saying this, but are kind of in a way playing catch up to the Bengals. They want to be what the Bengals showed that they could be this, uh, past season. Um, Mm -hmm. they are trying to max Joe burrow. And what did you make of the Kansas city chiefs trading Mm -hmm. six time pro bowl wide receiver, Tyree Kill to the Miami dolphins for five draft picks. A 2022 first rounder, a second rounder, a fourth rounder, plus fourth and six round picks in the 2023 draft. And then the Dolphins turn around and give him Tyreek Hill a, Tyree a four year, $120 million extension. What do
1: you make of that? Well, it's good for the Bengals in a huge way because you can't convince me the Chiefs are going to be a better team in 2022 without Tyreek Hill. Yep. You, you can give me the blueprint of, oh, they sign Odell, or, oh, they draft this receiver, or, oh, they do this, and they have four picks in the top 60. Blah, 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 blah. It's Tyreek Hill. All right? And when freaks – they don't grow on trees. And when you give up a freak, it's hard to replace that freak with another one. And so uh, th- that's the, the first part of it is I think, all right, well, the, the team that gave the Bengals all they could handle in the AFC title game and the Bengals had to go there and win at Arrowhead, well, they got a little weaker today, and who knows? Maybe they do replace Tyreek Hill, and it's all sunshine and roses, and they're doing TikTok dances with Juju Smith-Schuster and coming. Who knows? But I think they're worse off without Hill. That being said, they got a bounty, you know, a bundle of draft picks. They get rid of a a, a sketchy character in Tyreek Hill. I think that's fair to say. And yeah. then if if you're Miami, the Bengals play Miami. They host Miami at Paul Brown Stadium in 2022, so you have to deal with him anyways. But, man, that's a lot of pressure on a first-year head coach. He's trying to get to a right. And now, it, you, you know, and it's good. You want to give your young quarterback weapons. I just wonder, Tyreek Hill, does it fit? And, and I know a lot of people are asking that. And as I've broken it down, it happened, what, an hour ago or so. But as I've right. thought about it, here's why it does fit. Because Tyreek Hill isn't just go routes. This dude runs screens, slants. You can hand the ball off to him. And so if you got a guy like Mike McDaniel. And, you know, at head coach, who's this offensive innovator who just understands scheme and X's and O's. And, and you have Jalen Waddle on one side, Tyreek Hill on the other. Assuming Mike Kosicki stays there, Mike Kosicki at tight end. That's a hell of a trio. And, uh, you know, they, they could be uh, they could be a lot of fun to watch. So actually, I, I like this move for both sides. It is a lot to give up, though, if you're Miami. And, and so that's part of it. But if Tyreek Hill is the Tyreek Hill that we know for the next three years, then it's probably worth it because game changers, like I said, they don't grow on trees.
0: The Jets were uh, in on this deal, according to Adam Schefter, um, very heavy as well. And the Jets trade offer to Kansas City would have accepted the wide receiver, uh, had the uh, wide receiver opted for New York. It did not include a first-round pick, but rather multiple picks that were commensurate to the Dolphins' offer based on the draft draft value charts. Uh, blah blah blah. But anyway, the Jets fall short. The Dolphins get their man in Tyree Kill. I, I find that, I don't know, interesting, but kind of bizarre from both ends. I don't like it from either end. I, I'm, I kind of disagree with you there, James. I, for the Dolphins, I just don't see how this really helps. Like you said. A first year coach um, trying to get to it right. I think that that's true, but I just don't think it helps them immediately. And that's a
1: lot of dough to pay out, a lot of mm-hmm. dough. But and, and, the, and that's the other part of this is, you know, um, the, the contracts that have been handed out last week and this week, Deshaun Watson, fully guaranteed, um, Devontae Adams, his deal, now Tyreek Hill's contract, highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. T Higgins is on the clock after this year for an extension, yeah. uh, extension eligible. Jamar Chase in a couple of years, who, especially in a couple of years, could be the best receiver on the planet, like trending in that direction. We could be talking about not only the greatest receiver in Bengals history, but one of the best to ever play. And I get it. I'm going off of just one year, but it's not just one year. He was great at 19 years old in the SEC. So that being said, the Bengals, well, they're, they're going to have to get um, two things. One, get ready for that while also competing. And I think that's why you don't go after a Terran Armstead and, and you break it up and you find these quality pieces. But two, the way they're structuring deals where it's really it's front-loaded, they may have to change that a little bit. The guaranteed money they commit to, they are going to have to change that for Joe Burrow. So that's going gonna... to be the interesting thing, is, right. is how this changes with Higgins, and not necessarily sort of Higgins, Burrow, Chase, uh, these guys that Jesse Bates isn't on that level, but these guys certainly will be when they're extension eligible. Hey, you surprised that um, Honey Badger um, has
0: not signed anywhere yet? And and do you think that could um, – Tyron Matthew, could, the fact that he hasn't signed could impact Jesse Bates?
1: Maybe if Jesse Bates had a different agent. I uh, that, that, <laughs> That's where I keep coming back to, man, is I, I think David – Molageta, uh you know he he was bragging about watson's deal and he's really good at his job but i think he's that type of agent right that wants to say i got my client top of the market safety money and if you don't get that or, or get a certain amount guaranteed but at the same time that the safety market isn't what he anticipated i think and so yeah I, if i'm bates i want to get a deal done uh, especially with matthew out there you're right matthew isn't even 30 yet he's about to be um so yeah, uh, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. By the way, hope he doesn't land in the AFC North. Uh, you know, go, go to Tampa Bay and play. We you know with my guy TB12 or uh, or who knows, maybe come to Cincinnati. I would love to uh, love to hey, cover Tyron for a year.
0: Have, have we talked since Tom Brady announced that uh, he was going to uh, and he wrecked <laughs> the uh, selection show? Um, since he announced that he was coming back, I don't think we've talked, have we? On our podcast, we haven't. No, you're right, we haven't. Oh, we, we you know talked. what this means? He's back. He's back. And uh, assuming that the game is not in Germany, and I don't think it will be, um, the Bengals travel to Tampa Bay next year. Yeah, and it will no, be I'll, Joe Burrow against Tom Brady. I'll be there. Yeah, so glad. My, I,
1: I might be in the front row. I might not be in the press box that day. You'll man. be in the press <laughs> box. I, be, I might take off. I might send. <laughs> my, I might send a proxy, and then you, you'll see me you know, with a with six, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, it, it will be fun though to, I've never covered a Tom Brady game. That part would be fun, especially, you know, burrow versus Brady. You know, they're both no, gonna be psyched up for that. I, I,
0: I think burrow against Brady in the super bowl this year would have been the highest rated super bowl ever. I really do believe that had that
1: happened. I think you're right. No, I, I think you're right. And hell, if, uh, if circumstances would have been a little different, they almost beat the Rams. They almost came back and completed that. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of crazy to look at it, the the, the way that, that uh, the end of the season unfolded for Tampa Bay, but you look at the NFC, I think it's the bucks. And, and I, I think it's the Rams. Everybody else is, is behind including Aaron Rodgers, his 10 toes and the Packers. <laughs> uh,
0: anything else on your mind?
1: No, not really. You know, it's uh Winding down, we're about to go draft heavy here, and so ready or not, man. I mean, this has been uh, this has been a grind. It feels really nonstop since July, late July, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I'll say that. So hopefully, we uh, get through the draft and then uh, have a couple months here, and then after that, we'll uh, we'll dive into camp and maybe go on another another playoff run because playoff runs are fun.
0: They are fun, James, and it makes all of the grinding worthwhile when you actually see these players out on the field. Uh, performing to the level uh, that they are expected to perform, And that's why the Bengals went out and acquired them. Uh, I think getting Lael Collins uh, is really the final piece. And if you know you, the one thing you hope for is health. If these guys yep. can stay healthy at the age they're at, uh, the Bengals are markedly, markedly better along the front. Oh, one what? One more quick question. <laughs> the left guard position is the last position. I think we have to really. Get set in stone for the Bengals. Jackson Carmen's in that discussion. Who else do you think is on the roster now going to come up in
1: that discussion? Deontay Smith is firmly in that discussion, I think. You know, I, I think he's a guy they really liked him in camp and, uh, you know, he got dinged up and, uh, you know, missed a preseason game and then, you know, got injured during the year. It was just, it was one thing after another for Deontay Smith, but, you know, they like his arm length, they like his work ethic, which is important. To really important. I think he, um, has a chance to, to earn their trust quicker than a Jackson Carmen. And so those are the two guys And in identity. will probably be in the mix as well, at least to a degree, but those are the two guys for me that, uh, in-house, and then they could address it in the draft. And I wouldn't be shocked if they brought back Quentin Spain on a, you know, a one year type deal, veteran type deal where, Hey, come compete. Cause you, you may end up starting. So I think they're going to do more there in address left guard, but it'll probably be one of those young guys that is, is starting in week one. He is James Rapine
0: does a fabulous job for all sport, <laughs> all Bengals.com, uh, covering the Bengals for sports illustrated. Uh, also be sure to listen and subscribe to his podcast, the locked on Bengals, the only daily podcast covering your Cincinnati Bengals, uh, James, uh, It's always been a pleasure uh, having you on, and it will be in the future. I'm not talking just past tense here. We're talking the present and in the future. uh, Follow you on Twitter at James Rapine, all one word, correct? That has not changed.
1: No, that has not changed, Mike. You're right.
0: All right. Well, he's James. Thanks for having me (laughs) anytime. You know that I always love smooth transitions. Thanks bud. Uh, he is James for pain. I'm Mike Petralia Trags. This has been the jungle roar podcast. We'll talk to you next time.